everybody, and welcome to the 12th edition of the Copcast podcast on Cop Left. We're recording tonight straight after the game, the 2-1 victory against Chelsea. And joining us to talk through this tonight, we have pod regulars Omar and Az in London. How are you this evening, Omar? A very happy Lovren scored. You must be fucking over the moon. Excellent stuff. Yeah, yeah. Still recovering, but um, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. Well, I say, well, I'm sure we'll find a way of criticising him somewhere along the line. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. We don't want to make you feel out of place or anything, you know what I mean? (laughs) Don't worry, you could never do that. (laughs) And second up in Belfast, we have Dave Dunning. How are you this evening, Dave? Happy man? I'm absolutely ecstatic, my good friend, yes, and yourself. (laughs) Have you been touching the alcohol by the size of it? No. I can neither confirm nor deny that statement. Well, fair enough. I'll take my own conclusions from it. And last, certainly not least, the host of the Cop Table podcast, which is also on our feed as well. We're delighted to have Peter Phillips from Liverpool. Pete, how are you this evening? Happy man? Very happy, Dave, yeah. Good feeling about that game tonight. And uh, yeah, we had to watch it in, in the, uh, the local, it's like a hotel bar, but it was absolutely rammed, rammed for people. Lots of Liverpool fans and a couple of Evertonians. Um, Providing a little bit of banter as well. So, yeah, it all turned out well for the Reds. Indeed. Alan, since you're the guest, I'll stick with you and open up with you. It, it was as impressive, Peter. Those are a big three points. I, I was saying in the group earlier on, you know, I'd settle for a point in this one and so on. First half, we were we were very, very, very good. Um, Chelsea, a little bit sort of, they, they, they were ultra defensive, but the opening goal, four men unmarked at the far post. Conte's not going to be happy about that, would he? Definitely not. I think did it come from a short corner or or a free kick or something like that on the left hand side and usually Lovren's made the run over hasn't he? One of the defenders has, has stayed back too deep. I don't know if it is Louise and he's just come round the back hasn't he? Lovren and side footed in a fantastic little volley into the side corner. I thought uh, the first half performance though was excellent like you say Dave. I thought uh, Wijnaldum Henderson they they both ran the show in the midfield and Lallana was just everywhere. He's just like he, he didn't put a foot wrong in that game for me. Coutinho looked lively as well. Um, I thought Sturridge had a great first half. Tied a little bit in the um, well as soon as we come out second half he didn't look like he wanted to run anywhere on the pitch to be honest. He, whether he's picked up a slight injury or something I'm not too sure, but going back to what you saying about the first half, it was um, it was very very good, yeah. No, and I think you make a, you make a great case there on, on Lallana as well. Um, you know, what we he his work rate was absolutely immense. He was all over Henderson, who I have given pelters to in the past. I couldn't fault tonight. He, as you say, was everywhere. Um, Omara, for you, as I said, the, the the goal there that came, there was four of them lining up in the back post to, to, to knock it in. That fell to your man, Dejan. Great first half, that, Ums, isn't it? Yes, I'm still recovering from that last 30 minutes, as I said before. But, um, yeah, what a win. Not a usual kind of blowing teams away with three or four goals, although we had an excellent first half. But I thought we really managed it well in that second half. It's a risky game to play with Liverpool because, you know, we're always, we've all, we do have an error in us somewhere. And we, we kind of saw that with the goal we conceded. Not really an error, but, you know, just a lack of concentration. So, you know, managing, trying to close out a 2-1 or a... Uh, you know, a one-nil game for us is a bit risky, but I think we did it really well in the end. We, you know, Lucas tried hard to cock it all up, but you know, we, we won't mention that too much. We'll gloss over that. But yeah, and it was a brilliant first half, like you said. And I, the thing I've noticed with Liverpool recently, the last couple of games especially, is the passing. It's just one, the one-touch passing. It's sharp, it's crisp, and it's all coming together. They're not wasting time on the ball like we used to previously. 
it's all very fast and you know the link up plays really good so and then you know my like you said the Lovren goal just put icing on the cake for me um and it wasn't I don't think he mishit it Dave you know someone suggested that to me earlier someone who shall remain nameless but I think it was a really good finish myself so um I'll sing his praises as I normally do, <laughs> even when no one else does. And Henderson as well, as you've mentioned, brilliant game. And I think that goal was just superb. Nothing anyone could have done about that one at all. And, you know, we were cruising at 2-0 really, weren't we? Second half was a bit, you know, we had, Chelsea obviously came back better. They probably got a big bollocking from Conte at half time. And yeah, we, we, we weathered the storm really and came out the other end and hung on by the skin of our teeth. But it doesn't matter, three points at the end of the day. And that's that's all that matters, really. No, absolutely, Dave. And, you know, when Mara touches on it there, you know, we're able to close that out. We're able to hold on to it. And surely that's a good thing going forward. And, and you know, I know that, you, like myself, you know, you, you praised Lallana. I think tonight for me, there's none of that stupid, shitty Cruyff turns and all that bollocks. He was very, very crisp in the passing. Every, you know, he didn't slow the game down, which... To, to be honest with is our frustration with Lallana. This time he was playing very, very slick balls. Something seems to have changed tonight. It looked like a different player. Yeah, Dave, well, as you know, I've been banging the Lallana drum for quite a while now, and he's just he's just absolutely everywhere. He's everywhere. He's he's doing almost all three roles in that midfield. He's doing that number eight role in the middle of the park. He's winning the ball back in between the lines in front of the back four, and he's breaking forward and, and giving the Chelsea defence, something else to think about as well. So standout performance from him and also, you know, Henderson brilliant as well. But I thought we saw two different Liverpools tonight, first half and second half. And I don't think it's something that we would necessarily associate a club side with. We associate a club side with uh, winning the ball back high, breaking beyond the lines, 100 mile an hour football. And Dara said really controlled performance in the first half by dominating the ball, pinning them back, playing it across the pitch, switching the play, almost a Guardiola-type style of football where we, we just were patient and tried to pick holes through the middle of the pitch. And then the second half, defended. Although we did concede the goal, and I know during the game watching it, you probably, as I was, biting your nails right down to the cuticles. But, you know, if you sit back and reflect, Mignolet doesn't have... I don't think he has a save to make, never mind a significant save to make after they score the goal. And I thought we handled the last 20 min- minutes defensively absolutely brilliantly. So absolutely delighted that, you know, in, in two games, we've seen three different types of football played, all to really, really high standard. No, absolutely. And, and, you know, back to Pete again, you, you know, we did feel a little bit like we were holding on there uh, at the end. You know, it was, you, you, we we lost the goal, which, to be honest with you, I felt could have been avoided. You saw one of those things. It was like went over the line in slow motion. It was like, no, 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 no. And then it went. And you always just worry with us that, you know, we saw it a little bit against Leicester, but we, we kicked on from that. And, you know, we ended up being a little bit less with the ball, a little bit more pinned into our own half. And, and the worries were there. But I, I thought when Alden was, was excellent, and I think that's our, his by far his best game for us. And maybe he just needed that little bit of time to settle. Um, I, I, I'm quite impressed with him. Your thoughts on the second half on, on that, Pete? Yeah, like I said, they come out second half with the, and Daniel Sturridge looked, looked a little bit leggy. I don't know whether he's picked up an injury because he went straight down the tunnel, didn't he? But Liverpool seemed to to sit back slightly. Um, like you say, that goal 
was totally unavoidable for me. I think he, he just skipped around one of the midfield players, played the ball out to the left, took Klein on down the wing, and, and Matip's gone down far too early for me. He should have stayed on his feet. But that was the only mistake that Matip made in the game. I thought he was he was a, a rock at the back there tonight. I thought he was excellent, read the game very well, played some intelligent balls out, won everything in the air, gave Costa, didn't give him an inch really apart from, from that time when he went down onto the floor and even Milner could have possibly cleared that off the line but he, he was another who had a, another fantastic game at, at left full back and obviously he's a centre midfield player playing in that position so like you say we, we did sit back slightly invite the pressure on and um, Chelsea they, they huffed and puffed didn't they and, but they just didn't, didn't blow the house down because basically we stood firm and we could have hit them on the break once or twice again uh, Origi had that header didn't he after, after, we, we must have kept the ball there for about 40-50 passes we were just knocking the ball around for fun and then it, it ended up on the left hand side and Milner's put the cross in hasn't he and Origi some save fantastic save either side of the keeper and that's in it, it was quite a way from as well when he got down to save it. So I still thought we defended well second half and and we, we still had our legs as well. The fitness is another massive plus for me. I think this new guy that's come in, Cornmayer is his name. I think he's made an absolutely unbelievable difference to that Liverpool team and, and the fitness that the, the group's got. About the 20 minutes in the, after the second half is the only time when they looked a little bit little bit jaded and a little bit, but they come back strong again, which is which is the sign of a, a team that's fit and a, seen, a team that's um, high in confidence. Listen, I, I want to talk a little bit about Jordan Henderson because I say, you know, I think I think we've all had a, a little bit of a pop at Jordan Henderson in, in the last while. And tonight, I, I find it very difficult to be anything but positive about the guy. Uh, I'll come to Omar on this one. You know, the goal was absolutely exceptional. As I say, you couldn't, you couldn't have put it better there if you if you placed it by hand. Uh, uh, but he was everywhere, and we saw a little bit of this in, in the previous game as well. He he seems to be coming back. Maybe as Pete has just touched on there, maybe the fitness levels um, that that we're seeing is a little bit different now. And he looks really up for these games, and looks like a different player than what we were looking at uh, towards the end of last season, and certainly the first few games of this season, Omara. Yeah, I mean, I think we everyone saw that he he covered every blade of grass. You know, he was involved, he was involved in everything, and he was passing, uh, making um, good sort of um, de- decisive passes, not just sideways and backwards, and all the things that he'd been criticised for in the past. And you know, he he was he was getting in all the right places, and you know, although he could possibly be called out for not tracking back for the for the Chelsea goal, um, I don't think we should dwell on that too much. But you know, other than that. He, the strike that the goal like you said it was fantastic there was no way Courtois what is he six foot six or something I don't know he's, he's really tall isn't he? he he didn't get anywhere near that and you know it proved to be decisive in the end and considering all the flack he's taken recently you know I think I'm really pleased for him and he has he's really picked up his performances recently and that can only be great for his confidence going forward as well which would have taken a knock after the long sort of layoff he had last season and all the injury problems he had and you know can, coming back from that can be you know it's, it's tough and um, especially coming back into a Liverpool team as well and you know a new manager and all these other things that we've had recently so yeah I, I'm really pleased for him and I think this can only help him Hopefully, he's turning a corner with Liverpool now, and he's really get, um, growing into that role as well. I think uh, Klopp said something in maybe before the uh, game, something about him really growing into the number six role. So I think, yeah, he's it's looking good for him at the moment, and I'm really pleased that you know it's all working out at the moment. Hope let long may it continue. 
No, indeed. And, and Dave, you know, he, he took the armband off Stephen Gerrard uh, a couple of seasons back and, and really... Uh, he he put up, he scored a Stephen Gerrard like volley there tonight, um, and we'd like to see some more of that. I think. <laughs> well, you know, Dave, I think you know, you talk about the armband there, and I think that really was a captain's performance tonight. I think people forget how good Henderson was in thirteen fourteen and how important he was to that title push, and he was a key component of that squad. We've seen him grow into that role game by game. So far this season, thought at Spurs he was brilliant. Last week at Leicester, he was again brilliant. And tonight, he he, he took another step, playing that shielding role in front of the in front of the back four. And he was he was everywhere. You know, there was, was four or five times I thought Chelsea were the, the broken between the lines. They're going to centre halves, and Henderson just appears from nowhere. And you know, he might not always win the ball, but. If anything, the ball goes sideways, the ball goes backwards. And then he tops it off with a fucking wonder strike, an absolute wonder goal. And we know he's got that in his honor. Um, we saw it, we saw it against City it was last year. We've seen he can deliver that. And it, it seems to be a, a confidence issue sometimes when he's time to think about it in front of the goal. But and I think if you watch the goal back, his first touch is to get it out of his feet is phenomenal. Coming at him at pace, it's absolutely fizzed at him from Cahill, I think it is. Great touch out of his feet and and what a finish. But yeah, captain's performance, absolutely outstanding. And the only question remains there is, I suppose, where does Chan fit back into the frame? Because me, I was assuming it would almost be a straight shootout between Henderson and Chan as to who fills that role in front of the back four. And I think after that game, um, before that game, I think it was... A lot of supporters would have been thinking Chan, but I think after that, they might not be so sure. And it'll be interesting to see what Klopp does moving forward with his midfield once Chan gets back to full fitness. No, and, and Pete, it's, it's, it's what Dave's saying there is a hell of a nice dilemma to have a player in form that you were expecting to drop for, to bring Chan in. And uh, do we have any word on him, Ray? Um, are we likely to see him maybe in the League Cup? Maybe get a, get a run out. I know he's close, Pete. Do you have any word on that? I just believe he's um, he's been back training this week, not as a, like a hundred percent training. He's just been sort of uh, training away from the from the main part of the squad. But he has he has been training, getting his fitness back up. And Klopp said before the game, didn't he, that he's not quite ready to to come back into the side as of yet. Um, after that injury picked up against Burnley, just going back to Jordan Henson, there's just one thing I'd like to a point I'd like to make. He looks so focused when he's um, in that tunnel before the game. I've noticed it now a few times. The, the stern look on his face is like there's nobody's nobody's getting inside his head. The the other captain, you've got no chance. You just uh, he's just looking straight ahead, so focused, so positive, and I just think he's out for, he's out to keep that player captain's armband and he's out to keep his place in that team and he, he's doing a fantastic job doing that at the moment. So um, long may that continue with Jordan Henderson. And, and some of that interplay, especially in the first half, you know Chelsea didn't know what had hit them, Pete. Um, we no. we seem to be just coming at them in waves and. You know, I, I read it on a couple of different tweets and, and whatnot. It was like, you know, Chelsea haven't offered anything. My own opinion on it, you know, having, having watched the game is that I don't think Chelsea could have done... I don't think they were living with us, basically, for, especially for the first 30 minutes. That's it. We, we didn't let them play. That was the thing. We we kept the ball, like I say, moving in waves side to side. We, the interplay between Mane, Lalana, Coutinho, some of the some of the first touches were, was fantastic. And Wijnaldum as well. Like the first half was very, very positive and some very good football. 
and Liverpool should have been very happy to go in at half time to nil up. But then, like you say, second half they come out and took the foot off the gas slightly and um, let Chelsea back into the game. But all in all, first half performances it was very similar to the to the Leicester game, wasn't it? When when they put on a, a great attack and performance, and not many teams are going to live with Liverpool when they're playing like that. Even the, the likes of uh, Manchester City, Chelsea, Manchester United, Arsenal. I think they're going to come unstuck against against Liverpool when when they're on that type of form. It's just that they they've got to keep up. They've got to keep up the the consistency. And, and this is the thing, Pete, because next up for us is Hull. You know, in the league, the next match is Hull. And and to me, you know, I was we said in the group earlier on in WhatsApp. You, you know, everybody was quite confident about it. But if you, if you ask the question about Hull, because that's typically the stupid game, you know, coming off such a, like we've had a, we beat the champions of, of England, we've beat uh, the uh, Conte's new Chelsea, we've beaten Arsenal, we drew at Spurs, we lost at Burnley. You know, it's the blot in the landscape. I think I think it's the thing that puts the fear into us when we meet this lesser opposition, like we're going to do next weekend. And it's just like, oh God, this is our, you know, this is a disaster written all over. This is what we need to iron out, don't you feel? Yeah, most definitely. I think Klopp's got that to drum that into this team now that we can't sit back against other teams. We've got to keep our foot on the gas. The likes of Burnley, I know we had 80-odd percent possession in the game and we had unbelievable amounts of shots, 20-odd, 30-odd, whatever it was, and we didn't find the back of the net. He's got to put He's got to put the stamp on the team now that this is how we play week in, week out, like he did with his Dortmund team. There's no, there's no slacking off. There's no, there's no room for us to have a, a performance where we just sit back and, and and can be afford to be relaxed. We've got to go at every single game now, full throttle. If we want to get in, in the top four, you've got Derby in the league. He, he can maybe rest one or two. Uh, sorry, in the League Cup, maybe he can rest one or two there. It's up to the players now to take on board what Jürgen is saying to them and, and make a, a very serious push for the uh, top spots in this league. And Umara, today Chelsea in the first half were very, very defensive. They're a bank five sitting there and we managed to put two goals past them. Surely that again is, is, is a good be going in uh, to this whole game. Possibly, but I think still Chelsea do try and play football, whereas you've got the teams like Hull and Burnley and you know Crystal Palace, West Brom, uh, teams like that who don't necessarily try and and play the kind of football that that we do so I mean it's our Achilles heel isn't it mid these mid to lower table teams we always seem to slip up against them I'm I'm hoping though that we've learned from the Burnley match and I'm hoping that Klopp's gonna sort of give them a bollocking and make sure it doesn't happen again I'm I'm pretty hopeful that we can um, turn it around I mean we just have to wait and see how it goes it's something that's sort of endemic we normally like you said, play well against these teams and then we, we always fall short. And we have this, I really hate this phrase, and I, I did it last season as well. I remember coming on a pod and we reviewed our, I think, the next five fixtures or whatever they were, and they were teams like Villa, Newcastle, West Brom. And I was like, oh, these are all winnable fixtures and I'm never going to use that term again because every time we do it, we always slip up. And I don't think there's any such thing. We're Liverpool, with, you know, we're, we're famous for our inconsistencies at the moment. And until we can, over a long period of time, it's going to take a while for us to sort of trust our team, you know, so to speak again, because, you know, we have to see them perform sort of at that, at every level, every level against the Chelsea's and the, and the Arsenal's and against the Burnley's and the and the Crystal Palaces as well. We have to, to show some consistency. That's the only way we're going to get top four or whatever the aims are for this season. Obviously, the aim is to win the league. But that's the only way we're going to do it. So he, we have to build that consistency anyway. But 
you know, as fans, we're always worrying because it's just past history. We, we always do seem to slip up against these teams. But, you know, I'm hoping that Klopp and I'm confident that Klopp's going to turn it around. But, you know, like I said, we're just going to have to wait and see how it all sort of pans out. But, yeah, next week we'll have to see how we do against Hull because that's a test. No, they're doing quite well as well, actually. They're, they've got a good, they did, their first couple of games they did really well in as well. So it's not like they're a... a poor team at the moment they're playing well as well so we have to just obviously turn that uh, into a win for us no absolutely and, and you know swinging across to Dave Omara makes a good point there it, 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 the next thing for us I think as you know we've watched the lovely football against us so there was times tonight that we looked absolutely brilliant going forward and just the understanding that's developing between the front three and, and there even seemed to be a link to the midfield which we have complained in the past has has been a little bit watery a little bit weak the next big thing for us is the consistency thing it is the the, the big corner that we need to turn because every season we sit here in these podcasts we go you know there's a great result we've gone to Stamford Bridge we've come home with three points we've been um, to, to Arsenal we've come home with three points and we need to start making these, the, not, and no disrespect to the teams, but the lower stature teams, we need to start making the results stick against these guys. Yeah, and I, I think the guys have nailed it there. Um, I, I think the, the halls in the West Brom, Crystal Palaces, um, and those games are going to determine where we finish at the end of the season. Um, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I was relatively confident going into tonight. I, in saying that, when I saw Firmino wasn't on the pitch, um, I was a little less confident, but, you know, after 10 minutes, I had absolutely no doubt in my mind that we were going to come away with the three points. We just looked so unbelievably dominant. You're right. Um, can we transfer that type of patience to breaking down a team that are determined to sit back and purposefully play for a point? And at best, bonus three points by nicking one on the break and stopping us from scoring. Now, there'll not be many teams that, and, and I watched the interview before the game, and Klopp said that, you know, he'd rather, he'd rather watch a game we lose and know why we lose than watch a game we win and not know how we won it. Because he'll, he'll take something from that and he'll be able to transfer that knowledge and that learns to the squad from that. So I think. We saw a team, especially in the first half tonight, that, that was patient and was prepared to wait and didn't panic and wasn't continue like shooting from, from 25 and 30 yards every two or three minutes, desperate to get a goal. Um, and I think that's that, that patience and that almost that, as he says, that bravery to, to wait for a chance and, and trust in the rest of the team that a chance like that will come to score a goal. So... We'll wait and we'll see, and it does remain to be seen because I think there are those doubts in those game, those doubts in those types of games now, and people will be showing up the matches thinking, "Oh Jesus, it's 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 West Brom or it's it's Stoke or it's whoever." But you know, I've I've a good feeling. I have a good feeling. I think I think from what I saw in the first half, it makes me far more confident going into those games than I was maybe two or three weeks ago. No, absolutely. And, and I must admit, the same myself. Um, as I said, I just need to get over the, this whole game and what comes after in a couple of weeks to, to, to sort of fully get it, because we do have this awful habit of just screwing it up. And, you know, Pete, before you, you came on to the call pre-pod, I was watching uh, Phil Coutinho being interviewed here by ESPN Brazil. And, you know, he... 
he mentions Lucas again, who came on for his uh, his standard yellow card in the last sort of ten minutes, yeah. as 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 being such a such a figurehead and a, a role model to them all, basically at the club. And uh, you know, I know he took a bit of a pelter last week over the mistake and so on. But but again, I'm, I'm gonna really I want to talk about Joel Matip, who really, if if we can blame anybody, if we want to, and I don't really want to blame anybody for that goal tonight because it was just like it was I was a parody of a goal. It was like in slow motion or something. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. But uh, Matip looks half decent, doesn't he? Yeah, like we spoke about him on the cop table this week. He looks like um. He looks like he's a, like a twenty-five million pound centre back, doesn't he? It looks like it's going to be a brilliant piece of business by Jurgen Klopp in the transfer market. We, we we've got him on a free transfer, and we he had a, um, quite a large signing on fee, but goes without saying we haven't we haven't forked out too much money for a player that's come into the side um, and he settled near enough straight away. Played well last week against Leicester. Once again tonight, played very very well. Also, I like the fact that he's he's now turned around and said that when January comes, he's not going to be going to the African Cup of Nations. So that's a, another positive for Liverpool, and he can he can build a centre back pair in there with it. Looks like it's going to be Dejan Lovren, doesn't it? Because obviously Sacco's out of favour at the moment, and Lucas is just the um, the fourth cho- choice, and you've got uh, Joe Gomez coming back in as well. But just looking at Joel Matip on his, on his own. He looks so comfortable on the ball, doesn't he? He looks like nothing phases him, and although he, he does look quite slight in his in his appearance, he, he's got strength, hasn't he? He he held Costa off a few times there, and he wasn't bullied by Costa at all. Like Costa bullied um, the Swansea defence last week, didn't he? He had them all over the show, but Matip stood up to him there and basically said to him, "Look, if you want to uh, if you want to play the game, you're gonna have to play it my way because." I'm just going to use the same amount of strength that you're going to use against me, and you're not going to bully me. And it turned out that he, he had a very good game. And you know, Pete, Pete, there's there's a lot of people who are maybe a little bit skeptical of this this Matip and uh, Lovren partnership. As as the season progresses, do you see? Do you think that Matip beside Lovren will will instill some more confidence? The, the same way um, Sacco basically did last season. Um, you know, whenever Sacco was playing with Lovren, he he, he looked quite different. Um, he looked a more assured player, uh, and his form improved. Do you think that this is something we're going to see throughout the season with him? I think so. Yeah, I think having played myself in in that position when when I was in junior football, it's it's important to have a, a regular partner in um, in the centre back position because basically you you can you're looking at each other's game, aren't you? You're watching where he's going. You you're watching where the strikers play, and then you're both working together as a, as a team really, and it's like a tandem. You if you go forward for the header. The other one drops back, don't they? It's simple, really, but it, it's all about them two players playing together. Steve Bruce and Gary Palace have done it for, for years at Manchester United, didn't they? They weren't the best two players, but they worked together as a team. And it showed and with the, the fact how many titles they won at Manchester United. It's about building, like you say, it's about building the, the pairing. And I think the two of them have got the potential to build. The base is there already, isn't it? The two of them. I know we can see that 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 goal today, but other than that, Chelsea didn't really produce that many clear opportunities, did they on goal? And I think that was the down down to the fact that Lovren and and Massey made the game basically Liverpool's defensive performance. Then it, it was it was very good performance from the pair of them. 
No, it was indeed. And, you know, as you say, I, I, I think Chelsea were actually terrified of us coming forward, honestly. Uh, and that was part of the thing. Now, across to the biggest Dejan Lovren fan in the world, Omar, you, you must be delighted tonight. The, the only fan. <laughs> the only um, one, sorry. <laughs> the, the Dejan Lovren Which makes fan me club. the biggest fan. Yeah, you're Not the, the only member. one. Not the only oh, one. Oh, yes. <laughs> no, I, was, I just wanted to add on, I'm not going to praise Lovren too much, because I know you guys don't like it. But um, for Matip, I was, you know, he, you know, I was really impressed with him today. So he's always looking for that forward ball. You know, he's attack minded. You can see that. And he, I've even found, he's found himself up front a couple of times, making some passes and then running into the box as well. I've seen that a few times. Maybe not so much today, but I think it was the last match. I can't remember exactly. But he, he, you know, you can see that he's he's got other things going on in his head as well. You know, he read the game really well and he intercepts things before they get um, to to sort of troublesome in. in He's obviously good in the air as well, obviously being six or four, so that helps. And he, you know, like as Pete said, he's calm and he's composed. And I think that complements Lovren as well because he likes to sort of tackle high up on the pitch and, and sort of rush out and, and be a bit more aggressive. And I think that the pairing goes too well. And they've both said it in interviews as well where they've said that they really like working together and they think that they, they can build up a, a really good partnership here. And they do, at the moment, look good together. Let's see how it goes maybe in the next five or ten games and hoping that it, it carries on. For the goal, I think, although, yeah, you could say that, it was, you know, he... I don't think it wasn't a glaring error, but a lot happened before the ball got to the back. You know, midfield, Delana and Henderson were just walking around and it, it reached the back four. And, and then once it gets there, there's always a, a sort of a, a problem. Um, so I don't want to dwell on that too much, but um, and it didn't prove d- d- decisive in the end either. So, but yeah, he's looking, I mean, a free transfer. What, what more do you want, really? Just hoping that, you know, Fingers crossed they both stay injury-free and there's not any too many issues because once you start playing around with, with your centre-back pairing, whether out of necessity or whatever, that's when, you know, things can can sort of fall apart. But I'm hoping, I mean, like we, like we saw with Sacco and Lovren, they were building up a really good partnership at the end of last season and then everything with Sacco happened. So hoping these two can stay fit and trouble-free <laughs> and um, build a, a sort of a decent partnership there. And, and you know, we'll see what, what Lov, um, sorry, what Klopp um, wants to do with the defence next season. But for, the, for this season, anyway, it looks like it's these two. No, and, and David, he was very quick to go to the bench tonight. It was before the 60-minute mark we saw uh, Regi introduced, who threw really Chelsea a, a different type of proposition, the physicality, the size of him. And he nearly got in the score sheet. We mentioned it earlier. But I, I was quite impressed with that, that little cameo off the bench as well. He just gave Chelsea something different to think about in, the, in, in that last half hour that they weren't having to deal with up until that point. Yeah, you know, Regi's got that physicality that... Um, Sturridge doesn't have. Um, he can he, he can win the ball in the air. He can hold the ball. He can protect the ball. Sturridge is is so much about his movement and his his quick feet. And he can hold the ball. Don't get me wrong. He can hold and protect the ball in a different way. But when you're paying back, like we we were for for twenty twenty five minutes in the second half, you rely on somebody to win the ball and and hold the ball and be able to wait for the midfield to get up and support and. Ironic as we're playing Chelsea, I thought DDA dropper was one of the best I've ever seen at it. Um, and, and you know, and if it, if it's too long for somebody to get to support me, he, he just falls over, and wins a free kick. But in saying that, I think he still doesn't look a hundred percent. You know, I think he still he still doesn't look as though he's moving around the pitch the way he was towards the end of last season and 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 prior to his injury against Everton. 
But yeah, it gives you a totally different option. And I think that's what we've got all over the pitch now. I think we've got different options all over the pitch. Um, and, and, and I mentioned Chan before, and Chan, to come back, and he's a completely different type of player as well. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what Klopp does moving forward. Um, it might be, I think that certainly that style and probably possibly that that setup um, is going to be the way we'll is going to be the way we'll see Liverpool will, will proceed. But with the personnel, it might be horses for courses, so to speak, depending on the opposition. But it's um, it's, it's it's a great it's a great problem to have. Um, and, and you know, I think if if you Firmino and, and Chan sitting on the bench, that's a really really strong bench to have, and, and some really really good options to come on and change the game in a lot of different ways, and that can only be a huge positive. No, and um, you make a good point by mentioning the bench there tonight. And you know, Pete, I, I looked at it pre-game, and you know, we've we've had a very light bench, or what feels like a very light bench for for you know a couple of seasons. That didn't have a look. Obviously, with Carrius on it, who's who's meant to be our first choice goalkeeper, changes things quite a bit as well. And you know, the experience of Lucas that we saw coming on, and you know, I know somebody, some people might give him pelters about giving the, the conceding that free kick where he where he did, and, and the timing of it, and so on. And I, I was a bit worried about it myself at the time. But again, another not a bad option. I, I don't mind. I never mind seeing Lucas coming on for the last twenty minutes because you know his legs won't run out on him. But we are starting. To take a little bit more shape, as Dave said, if you if you throw uh, Emery Chan and uh, Roberto Firmino and and swap players, even even they're playing in the team, all of a sudden our bench looks like a different beast. All of a sudden, don't want to be too controversial, Dave, but I uh, to be honest with you, when I looked at that bench before tonight's game, I wasn't too impressed myself. I thought the only uh, I was looking for game changes. To be honest, with you. I thought it was going to be a tight game, and we're going to be looking for somebody to to come on and maybe and change the game for us, like a Firmino or. Or somebody like that, and obviously, the only one on there for me was who could have changed the game was was Origi. Other than that, um, obviously, Lucas is more defensive minded. Moreno's a left back. Grujic is hasn't had much Premier League football on his belts, and I just uh, it, it looks didn't like look a like talent it. though. From from what from what little we have seen of him pre season and, and this season, Grujic does look like a talent going forward. Definitely, definitely looks like a talent. But is he ready to be thrown in in at the deep end at Stamford Bridge uh, away? For Liverpool in in the Premier League on, on a Friday evening with not much experience, obviously Kev Stewart is a, is another one who, who's I like Kev Stewart. He comes on, and he does a very similar to what Lucas does, defensive midfielder, keeps the ball well. Very impressed with him, but without like I say, sound, sounding too controversial, I was looking for game changes on that bench, and, and we didn't seem to seem to have any. But obviously, as the players come back over the next few weeks, like Chan and Firmino. Players like that, it'll, it'll start to uh, it'll start to come together again for me. No, absolutely. And with with the game against Derby, Pete, I, I take it you you'd be expecting to see Carius make his debut, uh, full debut for Liverpool in that game, uh, and maybe this will be the the change of goalkeeper coming. I think so. Yeah, I think Sammy Mignolet, he's, he's had a good couple of games. He, he hasn't made any apart. From the past. Another, <laughs> the yeah, past. <laughs> yeah, a couple of occasions tonight, you're, you're screaming out, you kick it, just kick the ball, and he's playing balls out to, to a centre back who's under pressure. And you're just thinking, just, and I think there was a, a clip of uh, Jürgen Klopp, wasn't there, just as he, 
at one point where he's done that and he's just throwing his arms in the air as if to say, just belt that ball down the pitch. Don't put your, your centre-back or your full-back under pressure when, when we're 2-0 up and you, there's a couple of strikers coming towards your hazards on the left. He's playing balls out to climb. Just hit the ball long. Just get you out of it, basically. But yeah, looking towards Derby on, um, I think it's Tuesday night, isn't it? I think Carrius will definitely come in and, and make his debut and uh, it'll be nice to see see how he does in that game. And do you think, do you feel that it's maybe the time to, to throw Grujic in and, and some, maybe some of the others as well? You know, obviously, if Emery's, Emery Khan's fit, he should, maybe yeah, even even as a sub, you know, just to start building the game time up. Uh, and the likes of Origi, who Dave rightly said, does still look a little bit. I think it's. I think purely it's just he's not having enough game time. I think if, if you if you give uh, Divogarici a few games, he's he's going to look like a completely different animal. Yeah, and also a player who we haven't mentioned is Danny Ings, who's who's been playing for the under twenty threes quite. Um, just he's building his fitness back up, I believe. I think he's very close to knocking back on on the first team team squad's door and. He'd be looking to get his place back on on that bench to start off with, and then he's going to try and push his way back into the team, isn't he? But he's another one who can who can change a game. And before he got his injury, he he looked very very good, and his pace was good. He he was up and down, wasn't he? And scored a couple of good goals, and then he, he's got that just like terrible injury just as the Egan Klopp's took over, and he's not had much chance on the Klopp. He's he's another player who could possibly be coming uh, coming in against Derby County alongside Grujic and Clavan in defence. I think Moreno will get a run out. I think he um, he's been sat on the bench now, hasn't he, for for three or four games. I think he needs uh, to stretch his legs a little bit. Although that uh, that dodgy new haircut of his um, is not going to be appreciated by the Liverpool fans. I don't know whether you uh, you caught any clips of that tonight. He's very gone, very blonde, very very blonde. <laughs> he has. <laughs> he's gone all Neymar on. But well, exactly. listen, it couldn't have been worse than the last one, could it? No, really not. Well, uh, <laughs> but that seems to be the thing with footballers and their hair. I don't know. Uh, Jesse Loesch, who does the the EPL pod for us and World Football Index, is, is is a complete expert on this. I'm the, I'm not the person to be asking. But I want to come to Amara and talk about about another player who, again, was quietly effective this evening uh, in the role that is not his role, and that was uh, James Milner. I don't think. I could say a negative thing about Milner tonight. I think he was quietly effective. I don't think we can. And this has been the case for a couple of games now. And I'm just wondering, Alberto Moreno with his new haircut, it's nothing better to do now, is he? Just to dye his hair blonde and, you know, how how he must be feeling with someone who's not actually a left back taking over. Um, must be quite, just, you know, he must be distraught about, you know, I would assume inside somewhere, um, even though he's having his hair chopped off and dyed. But, um yeah, I mean, Milner's really sort of grown into the role. And I remember a couple of pods ago, we, I, I myself said that neither was the answer to, to our left-back situation. But you know what? Fair play to him. He's really just kind of knuckled down. And, and although he might not have that, we've said he's not got the recovery pace that Moreno has, you know, but he doesn't then get himself into dodgy situations where maybe he needs to then run back, whereas Moreno might do that. So that's maybe you know, a positive for him. But um, yeah, he's, he's doing really well. I'm not quite sure how a right-footed player is working in the left-back area, but it's kind of working for us at the moment. And yeah, no, he's doing a really good job. And also, you know, fair play to Klopp for, for picking him out for that position. I mean, I don't know if anyone else would have ever thought that Milner could play left-back uh, left for us over Moreno. But um, yeah, he's, he's, doing a, he's doing a really good job at the moment. And again, tonight he was really good. 
No, indeed he was. And, and Dave, your thoughts on Milner? Because again, you know, I, 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 we've had a discussion in the past about, it and you know, have questioned the the the, the, the sense in, in keeping him there, and it's not a specialist position. And but he seems to be adapting quite nicely. Yeah, he, he said he was quietly effective. To be honest, I thought he was excellent. I thought he was absolutely excellent. I think other than the Spurs game, where you could argue he got caught underneath the ball a little bit for their goal, I. Literally, I don't think he's literally put a foot wrong. Let's be honest, James Milner's a, a professional, um, a really intelligent footballer above all else. And, you know, he'll grow into that role. And I think, you know, his attitude above all has shown that he's willing to, to, to learn new things um, and try a different position. And, you know, I think James Milner wants to be in the pitch. More than anything else, he wants to be in the pitch, and it doesn't matter where he's playing. Um, and I think you know you've you've the pace of William Hazard coming at you. You've Costa coming at you. They bring Pedro on. Who what he's doing there at Chelsea, sitting on that bench, I just don't know because I rate him so highly. You've Fabregas coming on, and you know whether they they moved it right or moved it left. You saw him tucking in when the ball was out out the right hand side. You saw him tucking in to make up the three. You saw him sweeping across the back when the ball was at the right-hand side. You saw him going and pressing the ball when the ball was switched. And, you know, he, he's doing everything you'd want the full-back to be. And he gives you that that width going forward is almost... And, you know, the way Klopp likes to play, and you've seen it yourself, Henderson drops back in between the two centre-halves um, as almost like a pivot. And and the full-back, isn't, it isn't really a full-back position, is it? It's more like a it's more like a left midfielder or or if you're talking about playing a right midfielder position. So I don't think it's as alien to him as one might expect. So I think he's going into an awful lot quicker than people people might have thought he would. Um, and he's, he's doing a really really good job. And you know Pete mentioned earlier on his, his cross on his left foot for the Origi header is absolutely brilliant, right on the money. So he can go inside with his right or he can use his left going outside as well if he can beat the fullback. So I think it's a really, really good option and a really clever move by the manager. Pete, do you think in, in, in the Milner, number one, what, I'm, I'm going to ask you what, you what you've made of this. And, and you know, obviously it's a gamble that, that Klopp took. And I'm wondering maybe now, you know, in hindsight, was the gamble taken in mind of, you know, he will have a full week to work with Milner uh, in this position, you know, there's no very, very few midweek games, only domestic c- competition to worry about. And, you know, was this a, a calculated risk that maybe Klopp took and said, you know, I can work with... But given all that Dave said there about the consummate pro, he is a professional. He'll, he'll play and give you the best that he can and wherever you put him. Uh, but do you think Klopp, that was in Klopp's mind, I have all week work on this guy and, you know, it may not work at the start, but we can, we can build on this? Most definitely, yeah. Like James Milner said, a few weeks back then he said he's not familiar with the position but he's learning as quick as he can he's he's watching the videos he's he's on the training pitch day in day out learning with Klopp and learning with with the defensive coaches and alongside his his teammates who also play in the back four so yeah I think it was um I think it was a very clever move by Jürgen Klopp to to do that because like you say he's got the time he's got that full week to prepare with, with James Milner he's got He's got time on his hands with him, hasn't he? Which and it is only a, a stopgap at the moment because Klopp 
obviously did want a left back, but he didn't think there was there was value in the market to be found. Obviously, the scouts are going to be out there between between now and the end of the season, and we're probably going to find find the left back for Liverpool that's going to be suitable in price and suitable in in how they play. Obviously, they're going to have to be good enough. They can't just go out and just buy any any left back. It's going to have to be a left back who's who's within their price range, what they're prepared to pay, and who's good enough to play for Liverpool Football Club. But James Milner is doing a very, very good job on on that left hand side. I, I spoke to you yourself about it. We were saying like we were surprised that that Klopp didn't actually bring a left back in, but now it's turning out to be looks like um, a very good decision by Jurgen Klopp because James Milner is proven to be a, a very, very solid left back, isn't he? No, he is without a doubt. And you know, as I say, maybe, maybe I owe him an apology. And you know, it's it's wonderful this podcast, you know, because the players that we we traditionally slate, the likes of Lallana, you know, he there's no there's no doubt in his work work ethic. But sometimes, you know, his his little pirouettes and whatnot can be a little bit too much and slowing the thing down. Mm. But even he seems to have made made you know headway in 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 his game in the last couple of games and maybe playing a different way. And the signs are good, and I just want this to continue against Hull. But before we have that, and I want I want to just in closing. Give you all an opportunity to to to, to speak about the uh, the derby game coming up, and uh, you know I'll start with Amara. What what kind of a team? What kind of a squad would you like to see being put out there? Um, do, do you want to see the the players who have maybe have limited opportunities get more of an opportunity in this game? And, and this, is this where we get to see them? Yeah, I think so. I think that's probably what's going to happen. Um, although Klopp's sometimes you know when we expect him to play a kind of weakened team, he doesn't really do that. But um, I mean, you probably well, obviously. I think Carrius will start. I think Moreno will probably get a run out on this one. Chan definitely. I think even if he's, he's does it starts or doesn't start, he'll be on the bench because I think he was just a little bit too late for today's match. But I think he's back in training. I think Pete said as well he's back in training. I'd like to see Grujic get some minutes because um, he was really good in pre-season, and I want to see sort of him get some minutes. So when he is called upon in the Premier League, he you know he's uh, he's sharper. I don't know if any of the kids will play, actually. Uh, maybe Kevin Stewart, guys like that, will get um, a run out as well. But other than that, I don't think he'll make sort of wholesale changes. But I think these guys, you'll see these guys come in and I think that that should be good enough as well. So, yeah, I mean, um, this is an opportunity for him to sort of play around with the team anyway and then um, bring in some guys who, you know, coming back from injury and then giving some of the young ones a, a go out as well and getting them up to up to speed to you know, kind of bed into the Premier League if, if and when needed. And what do you foresee happening? Give me a prediction. I have no idea how Derby are playing at the moment. I think they're we'll not, win. They're not scoring many. They're not scoring many. Okay. No. We do like to give. We do like yeah. to give one or there's two a, away, though, don't we? There's this a fear is straight away. Like. <laughs> but you know, you know, if if they're going to score anywhere, it's probably probably then. Um, but I think I think we'll win. Um, I don't know, three one. <laughs> If you're going to push me for a prediction, well, I'm shitty at predictions, so don't don't take anything I within. <laughs> take it with a pinch of salt. <laughs> That's probably a bit of fun at the end of that. <laughs> for yourself, what, what kind of a, first of all, what what kind of a team do you want to see, and and, and what do you think uh, will, will 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 occur during the match? Well, I'd like the, the, the few fringe players that I'd like to see. I'd like to see Ings getting some minutes to the first team. I'd like to see Gruitz getting some minutes to the first team, and then you've got. Carrius to come in, you get Chan to come back in and get more minutes. I'd like to see the young lad, Alaria, get, get some minutes because, you know, in pre-season, he's really, really impressed me. Um, I think he's one to watch, a real talent. Uh, and 
you know, I think the, the bench will be interesting as well. I'm, I'm wondering, does, does young Ben Woodburn get a get a chance to step up there um, against the Derby side that aren't going particularly well at the minute, even if it is just half an hour from the bench? Because the young lad's 16 and he's, he's turning up to the under-23s at the minute. So it, it'll be interesting to see how much, how much faith Klopp has in him. But in saying that, we saw the side the Klopp put out at Burton and it was a really, really strong side. And, you know, it's only a few games to the international break as well. So, um, But they were coming off a very different type of result for that game as well, Dave. They needed a reaction that's not so maybe apparent the need for that kind of a reaction. We've just come off the back of beating Chelsea. You know, I, I would like to think that Klopp's going, you know, we can, we can struggle through against Derby, give the others a chance and, and let's fucking nail Hull. Well, there there is that side of things to consider, but from everything I've heard from Klopp, you know, the most important game is the next game, so we'll see. And there's no European football to contend with either, so uh, I wouldn't be surprised if if we see a, a strong side with a couple of fringe players bedded into the first team, maybe three, um, a couple of guys looking to get get minutes under their belt, and then maybe some some of the youngsters in the bench, but. We'll wait and see, but from what I've seen too far, I I, I expect it to be reasonably strong. No, and, and for yourself, Pete, what, what would your feeling be on the team? You know, as I say, we're, we're coming off the back, as I said, the day of a different result. Do you think we'll see a different mentality from Klopp in that? And, and what do you see the game go? How do you see it going? Well, Klopp said, didn't he, in the, in the last round against against Burton Albion, that he, he wasn't going to make that many changes because he, he it's a competition that he, he wants to win. So the thoughts coming from him is he won't make that many changes. I think he'll I think he'll change the goalkeeper. I think Carrius will come in. The only other changes I can see will probably be Moreno will probably come at left left full back. I think Gruyich will come into the centre midfield for, for Wijnaldum who, who looked like he was um, struggling towards it and then he, he had to come off. I think uh, Henderson and Lalana will still still keep their place in the team. Um and ahead of them possibly Firmino will come back in for for Sturridge and Ings might come back in for for Coutinho. He'll he'll probably take their their places on the bench alongside a couple of the young lads like Dave mentioned. Um, Ilaria is his name or Avaria. I think he'll come into the um, into the squad, and I think it'll be good to see Ben Woodburn in in that squad, get get him in and around the team and get him. Get him used to what it's like because it's obviously the lad's got a lot of potential. He's he's 16 like Dave said, and he's he's tearing up the under 23 age group. He's playing what five six years out of his age group, and he's doing very very well. Looks very very sharp in pre-season. So get him and get him in around the first team and get him used to to seeing what these these pros are like and learning from them, picking picking up little things here and there and. Can only be good for the for the future of the young lads like that. I think Connor Randall is another one who might just come in and um, and get a place on the bench for the, for that game. But like I say, not too many changes because it's uh, it's still a competition that Jurgen Klopp wants to do very very well in. Do you feel there's a feeling with Klopp that you know this is the first trophy available, like it was last season where we lost in the mm. final? I, I sort of get a sense with with Klopp that he just wants a trophy at Liverpool to sort of settle the nerves to bring everybody down. Um, it, it's, it would be a massive sort of uh, it'd be a massive 
breeze block off the shoulders of the team to lift it, to, just to get a tur- you know some kind of a tournament win um, under their belt. Yeah, well, like you said, there's a, we've only got three uh, three competitions to play for, haven't we? We've we've got the league, we've got the the league cup, and we've got the FA Cup. So if he wants to win a trophy, he's going to have to put strong squads out in um, strong teams out for it for these sort of games in in the in the rounds where you're coming up against teams who are. You are not as um, strong as yourselves, but you're still going to have to match them in in terms of in terms of respect and attitude and things like that. You you can't drop your performance off just because you're playing against a team who's who's in a division below yourselves. You still got to go out there and and earn the right to to win the game. You can't just just turn up and expect to win. So in some, in some occasions, it's a difficult game against those opponents. Yeah, most definitely, and you're coming up in against teams with with pitches that aren't aren't like the the bowling greens that they're playing on in, in the Premier League week in week out. You're coming up like against Exeter City last year when you're playing on basically a cow field. Um, the ball's not gonna you're not gonna get a good touch when you when you control the ball. It's gonna be bobbling. Everywhere. I think Derby County's pitch is, is pretty good. Their their stadium's quite new, isn't it? Pride Park, so. That shouldn't be um, much of an issue in that game, but they're going to be fired up for the game, aren't they? They're coming up against the Premier League team. It's, they've been out of the Premier League for a while now, and their fans are going to be well up for it. Liverpool's coming to town. They've just come a, come a, away from Chelsea with a two-one victory, and they're they're going to put what they're going to want to put their names on the map, aren't they? They're going to say we're Derby County, and we we just basically we. We just beat Liverpool. That's what they want to go into it and take that into their into their league uh, form, don't they? And push on in the Championship and get themselves back in the Premier League. But it's about Liverpool's attitude going there, doing a professional job like they did at Burton, and basically putting the game to bed and move on to the next round. And hopefully, we'll get a, a home draw in the next round because um, the last two have been away. Yep, indeed. Probably new stadium there. It needs to be used. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> but listen. In closing, I'm just going to throw it open here before before I close. If anyone wants to bring anything that uh, that you feel ha- hasn't been covered, that this is the time. Far away. What Pete said earlier about the bench, I actually agree with him, agree with him that I don't think we had many options coming on the bench. And I saw, I think we saw that when Klopp um, brought Lucas on, kind of he, he looked like he wanted to defend the lead rather than, you know, there wasn't anything else to come off apart from Origi who was already on. And uh, the thing that impressed me kind of most after that, although like I said, it was touch and go and it was nervy, was how we managed the game, kind of kept possession quite calmly, and we saw out the game. That's not normally how Liverpool do things. And apart from you know like the silly foul on the end of the box. That, that Lucas did give away. All in all, I think we put in a quite a good disciplined performance after that, and we withstood that pressure really well from Chelsea. I think the second half, it just it we were they were pressing and pressing and pushing, and I thought for you know that we would actually concede another, but I thought in the end it was an excellent result. And the way that we saw the game out, I think you know that that wasn't really mentioned, but um, bar the goal, I think everything it was. Brilliant, disciplined, controlled. Good match, really, really good match from Liverpool. Not the kind of performance we're used to. It's either we either blow teams away or we just fold completely. This was kind of in the middle. We did have a really good first half, but we managed to see it out at the end. No, and to be honest with you, seeing it out at the end to me is, is you know, we, we've, we've watched wonderful football 13-14, but this is that, that kind of resilience. And we, we started to see it a little bit last season. We started this season a little bit more ropely. Anybody else want to add anything more before I close? No, that's Jordan not fine. And Adam Lallana's boss, and <laughs> so, <laughs> fucking realise that. 
<laughs> no, well, uh, it takes more than one game to, to to change my opinion. They played exceptionally well. They they really did. Lallana especially. Henderson was everywhere. I I have no complaints on. on and Lovren scored a goal. We haven't mentioned that enough. Oh, we haven't mentioned that in five minutes. Give, give me a hand, please. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like but it's going to happen again this season. Probably. Let me enjoy it, please. <laughs> wait a minute. That's that's two very important goals that he's put. He's he scored. His last two goals have been very important ones. Um, I was say in the Europa League and on this one again at Chelsea. And if he if he steps up in, in those big games, he'll get less pelters all round. I think from everybody, it's very hard. Doubt to, that, uh, right? doubt that, Dave. No, it's very <laughs> it's very hard to criticise the guy when he when he's done what he's done tonight. And and I'll leave it at that. But I'll stick with Humes. Uh, anything to plug? Anything you want to plug? Far away. No, I just want to plug Cop Left to listen to our podcast that we put out every week and Cop Table Pete's one is really good as well. So please check out our feed um, on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can find them both on there. So yeah, just check it out. And yourself, Dave, anything you want to plug? Anything you've heard you want to give a shout to? Yeah, I want to plug. Have a fucking great weekend after that. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, I don't think you're going to get any, any any kind of arguments from anybody. That, that's the best plug I've ever had in a podcast. You too, well Dave. <laughs> and for yourself, Pete, who do who do we have coming up for your uh, for your Hull preview? You know, you've your Chelsea one out there at the minute. You always have great guests. Who 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 do we have for Hull? Recording on Monday night, we have a professional darts player, Robert uh, Kong Green. His name. Uh, he's a big Liverpool fan from uh, from the Liverpool area. And we also have a guy called David Burns, who's the uh, the local BBC journalist and uh, who covers Hull City up there. Uh, bit of music from a, gan- a band called um, the Everglows, based down down in London. But um, just like to say a big thanks for letting me uh, come on the show tonight. It's good to come on a podcast so soon after the game because I'm usually a week um, after the game trying to remember what happened. So to have one so fresh in the memory is uh, is uh, a lot better for me. <laughs> No, we sort of threw it together at the last minute. Friday night is something new. Let's do it. And, you know, it's still early here for me. So You're lucky we won now, otherwise it would have been a bit too fresh. Ah, I would have left it to tomorrow, probably. We've <laughs> been cursing and swearing. But as I say, Peter, you know, you had you, your pod there for, for Chelsea and, and <laughs> during the week there. And I, I just loved that victory tonight just because of that the, the, the comparison. Jose Mourinho is Chelsea's Bill Shankly. And that was on your podcast. And I just wanted to punch He's never going to live that one down, is he? No, he's never going to live that one down. As I say, I just wanted to punch my screen when I was editing that one. So I'll say that, that result tonight is just therapeutic and, and, and uh, when I heard those words tonight so it's, it's just brilliant but listen well, thanks also thanks to Gary because um just after the podcast he sent me a little um he sent me a little private message to ask me to do a little piece on why why Liverpool was a bigger club than Chelsea and I'd done that for him and he actually put it out on the uh, on the bleacher report for me today so got a little um got a little piece on there so thanks to Gary for that been living under a rock for the last 30 years. <laughs> you, you know, like that, that's basically what it is. If you don't know about Liverpool and why they're bigger than Chelsea, and you need to write it you down. You can check it out on, on, my, uh, <laughs> on my Twitter page. It's on there. You can have a look. And some of the things that Chelsea fans are like writing there is unbelievable. Because yeah, people heads start are buried the in the sand. <laughs> exactly. Ah, Did you not know football was only invented in 2003? Yeah, by some Russian, um, some Russian gangsters' money. Yeah, they made they they created the whole game. They created the whole fucking universe. 
<laughs> well listen lads we'll, we'll leave it at there uh, just thank you all so much for your taking the time as I say it's late in the UK still early with me I've got all me drinking in front of me uh, your, yours is in the past so it, it, it's all good and just to say we will be back I think after the, the, the Derby game there's a crew going to put together a post-match after that game and I'll obviously have a bit of a look at the whole game going forward and obviously we'll be back again after the whole game next week. But just for myself, check out the World Football Index if you already haven't. Uh, some great shows across there, Tactics South America, EPL pod, we, we cover all around the globe. We have the league out there as well. Lots of, lots of new pods being added. We're adding Champions League uh, in the next couple of weeks and hopefully a Serie A pod. Bundesliga is in the, uh, the pipeline. Lots of stuff going across there. Check us out at World Football Eye on Twitter and worldfootballindex.com on, uh, on the internet. So other than that, it just leaves me to say thank you so much to the guests one last time and thank you all for listening and we'll be back again, as I say, after the Derby game. Good night.